Hi, everyone, and welcome to Worship Where You Are 2019. I'm Chris, and with me are Emily, Lydia, and Collier. We're so glad that you chose to join us from the comfort of your own home, or maybe from an airport while you're waiting for your flight, or if you're one of the lucky ones, a warm beach somewhere on vacation. Uh, but wherever you are, we are so glad that you chose to worship with us. And we hope that the next 30 minutes or so can really just be a great time to take a deep breath, to exhale a little bit, and to refocus on and to worship God. What we're about to do today is a little bit different than what we've done in past years. Uh, in just a moment, Charles is going to join us, and he's going to lead us into some space just to be able to pray and reflect and worship together, all kind of woven together. So use this however is best for you. If you need to, at some point, just press pause because you need more time to pray and reflect on something that Charles said. Or you need to carve out space later in your day altogether and just press stop on the video right now so that you have uh, more time to focus and to really engage in what we're about to do, then feel free to do that as well. The main goal today is just to, again, to take a deep breath and to refocus ourselves, to recenter ourselves on this great God that we worship and serve. So without further delay, uh, if you're at home with your family or friends, feel free to sing along if it's comfortable to do so. Uh, if not, you can just listen to the words of this song, but let's worship together. Tested like a covenant of old. 
Hi, everybody. My name is Charles. I'm one of the pastors on the teaching team. Let me just start by saying, Happy New Year! Uh, if that sounds a little awkward, that's because we're actually taping in November. But you, you for you, it's Christmas, and we're about to get going in 2020. Now, a new year usually sparks hope, new beginning, but I don't know about 2020. A lot of people I talk to, 2020 invokes anxiety, stress. Why? Well, for one, politics. It's an election year. And many of us are very, very stressed out that the side that we want to win might not win. And then we look at the other side and we think, I don't understand where they're coming from. And we're angry at them for not seeing things our way. How can they think like that? How can they be so unreasonable? What's wrong with them? And the people you're thinking about might be in the room with you right now. Anger. And anger for many of us turns to outrage. There are people I talk to who are outraged all the time, they tell me. Now that shouldn't be surprising because we live in a culture of outrage. We live in an economy that built on outrage. There's a lot of money being made in keeping us angry all the time. It's not just politics. Like when I watch football, I'm shouting at the screen. It's so bad that when my family, when they see me watch a game, they don't come anywhere near me unless they know ahead of time that I don't care who wins. And by the way, Packers have made the playoffs, right? It's not just sports. It's family. It's relationships. Many of you just got through spending time with your family, with your loved ones, or you're with them right now. How are you doing? How do things go? Easy, little tense, challenging, disastrous. So often we're angry because the world isn't the way we want it to be and our lives aren't the way we want them to be. Now, this past fall, we've been reading the Gospel of Mark, and we've been, paying, we've been saying that the core message of the story is the coming of the kingdom of God. Now, the kingdom of God, think about that phrase. It means that God is king. And that is to say that the kingdom of God is a place where God gets what he wants. And if so, then following Jesus to be part of the kingdom means learning to surrender our will, our wants, to pursue his will and to want what he wants. It means giving up on the false idea that we deserve to have things go our way and we embrace the truth that as broken people live in a broken world, true transformation and healing can only happen when God gets what he wants. That's the idea as we move into 2020. It's about what God wants. But it's not easy to remember that. We live in a world where we're told we can have it all, that we're masters of our own destiny. We deserve to get what we want. So to help us remember what the kingdom is about, I want to introduce you to a tool, a prayer. Well, maybe introduce is not the right word because I'm sure most of you know this prayer. It's the most famous prayer in the Bible. It's called the Lord's Prayer. But I want to introduce this prayer in light of everything we've read in the Gospel of Mark because this prayer is actually about the coming of the kingdom of God. It's about realigning our thoughts, our values, our concerns to that of the kingdom. 
It's about giving up wanting what we want and getting angry when we don't get it and embracing wanting what God wants. So what we're about to do is a little different from previous years. Uh, rather than a talk and a few songs at the end, the worship team and I are going to lead us through a time of music, contemplation, prayer, and worship. How's it going to work is I'm going to read a couple lines from the Lord's Prayer, say a few words about them, and then we'll have a time of meditation where the worship team will lead us in a song. And you can sing along or you can meditate. And then I'll go on to the next couple lines. And at any time, if you, you can feel free to pause the video, journal, pray, and come back when you're ready to continue. This is worship where you are. So we're going to ask you not just to watch a video, but to join us in worship. The Lord's Prayer centers us on the priorities and values of the kingdom. The prayer starts this way, Matthew 6, verse 9. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. The prayer begins with a relationship of love and intimacy. God is our Father. He loves us. He cares about us. And the reason we can give up on wanting what we want is because we trust Him. We trust in His love for us. But more than being a father, He is our Father in heaven. That means He has authority in a place where there is health and wholeness and goodness, and He has the power to bring the health and wholeness and goodness to our world. He has the power to bring heaven to earth. So, our Father in heaven is the foundation of this prayer. God loves us, and He has the power to transform our world. And then we have, hallowed be your name. That's the first ask. And you notice the first ask is not about us, it's about God. It's about His name, His reputation. The first thing we ask is that God do something about His name. And hallowed is a command. It means to make something unique or distinct. So it's God, make your name different from every other name on earth. Make your name known, make your name glorious, make your name one that inspires awe and worship. So we want God to establish his reputation so that others can come to know him, to be in awe of him, to worship him. That's where we begin. Let's enter into a time of prayer and meditation. And as you do that, think about these questions. Where in your life, your family, your school, your work, do you want God to make his name known, to inspire awe and worship? What would that look like? Also, think about the people in your life. To whom do you want God to make himself known? Whom do you want God to draw to himself, to inspire awe and worship? As the worship team plays, pray that God will hallow his name.
Verse 10 reads, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This prayer continues to realign our priorities. Once again, it's not about us. It's about God. And here we ask God to bring his kingdom on earth. What does it mean for God's kingdom to be on earth? Well, it's as it is in heaven. It means that earth will be like heaven. Now, there's a lot of misunderstanding about heaven. Some people think heaven is a place of endless pleasure, a place where we get whatever we want. That's completely wrong. This is the opposite of heaven. Heaven is not a place where we get whatever we want. Heaven is a place where God gets whatever he wants. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of God on earth means that the entire earth is part of God's rule and everyone in it eagerly and willingly seeks to do what God wants. So, where do you want God's will to be done in your life? And where do you want his kingdom to manifest in your life or the communities around you? Let's enter into a time of prayerful contemplation and ask God for his kingdom to come.
verses 11 and 12. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Finally, we ask for us. But once again, it's not about what we want. It's about aligning ourselves to the values of the kingdom of God. People of the kingdom pray for two things for ourselves. We ask for what we need and we ask for forgiveness. Asking for our daily bread establishes the proper relationship between God and us. It sets us in the proper frame of mind. We have nothing. We are in need. Everything we have comes from God. Even our bodies can break down at any time. We have no control over our future. We cannot ensure things will turn out the way we want them to. So we ask God, there are things that we need. Please give them to us. And this reminds us that we are indebted to God. We are given things that we are not entitled to. And so we learn gratitude. And then we ask for forgiveness. That's a reminder that we are broken people living in a broken world. People in the kingdom are far from perfect. We need forgiveness. And here's the thing, the more we learn gratitude and ask for forgiveness, the more we're able to forgive others. Gratitude leads to forgiveness. Experiencing grace allows us to offer grace to others. Two questions for our time of prayerful contemplation. What are you grateful for? And who do you need to forgive?
finally, verse 13. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This prayer situates us firmly within the world of spiritual warfare. The Gospel of Mark has taught us that the Kingdom of God comes within the backdrop of battle in the spiritual realm. The world we live in is under demonic rule. But the kingdom has broken through and the death and resurrection of Jesus has broken the back of Satan's power, but he is still strong and he can still lie to us and lead us astray from the values of the kingdom. He is very capable of convincing us to live a life focused on what we want instead of what God wants. To resist him, we pray. So again, questions for our prayerful meditation. Where is the source of your greatest temptation? And where does Satan speak the loudest in your mind? For, for, for some of us, it's not about overt sins. Maybe they're even good things. But there are things in our lives that distract us from the kingdom and gets in the way of us being centered on his priorities. Think of them and ask for protection from the evil one. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. It is you alone, and I will. 
put my trust in you. Thank you for joining us uh, in worship where you are. And as we start 2020, whether in joyful hope or anxious trepidation, our prayer is that our entire church, that we would move toward focusing on our King and His kingdom. And, and the Lord's Prayer is such a wonderful tool to help us recenter and refocus. And uh, anytime, any place, if you know the prayer, you can walk through it in your mind. And as we close, uh, let me lead us in reciting this prayer together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and forever. And all God's people said, Amen.